0: Welcome back. This is Head in the Clouds with Giuseppe and Mike from Edition Deluxe on uh, Luxembourg's Radio Ara on 105.2 and 102.9 and now also on 87.8 FM. We're streaming online at www.ara.tv/live. You can find all the information and playlist of the shows on Hara.edu. You go on the website and uh, search for Head in the Clouds. We air every third Tuesday of the month from 8 to 10 p.m. and we play records from our collection Selected with Love. This is show 11 and it's a special show today. We recorded it at the Liege Jazz Festival in Belgium in May with the legendary DJ Amir who we spoke with about uh, his classic mixtapes with Con, Con and Amir. The incredible tracks uh, he has dug up in a lifetime of dedication to the craft of digging. He's worked with various music labels and his newest project focused on the Black Hole Underground jazz label from the 70s in Detroit, Strata Records, which he's touring with the Jazzanova crew. So stay tuned.
1: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Amir and you're listening to Head in the Clouds on Radio Aura. <laughs>
2: What's going on? Hey, what's oh, that is, yeah. Long way, brother. Long way, huh? Yeah. Matter of fact, I just got back from the Wind and Sea today. Wow, man. Yeah. Winness Sea. Yes, it is, man. It's Terrible, brother. It's terrible. Yeah. But think this. I was downtown to Winness Sea last Saturday. Mm. Last yeah, last Saturday. Yeah. This blood come running down the street trying to sell me a tombstone. A tombstone. A tombstone. A tombstone. Oh, man. But think this. Yeah. Think what name it had. Smith, Smith, Smith. say man, that's not even your name. I'm here, I'm here. That was the whole trip. Oh man, but think what he told me. He told me, give it to a friend when he died. Oh man, when the sea is a mother brother. life is hard in the wind and sea you see Life is hard in the wind and sea you see Yes it is Yes brother. it is
3: We're here at Jazz Aliege in Belgium with uh, DJ Amir, Crate Digger Extraordinaire, label head, DJ um, producer. There's a lot of things that that you that you've done, uh, but uh, yeah, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good, man. It's good to be in Liège. Okay, I announced it right. Okay, uh, it's good to be. It's my first time in this part of Belgium. You know, um, it's good to be out and about, especially after two years of being locked down and you know COVID. So. Yeah, thank you for having me.
3: It's good to see you, uh, You came up, uh, you came up from Boston. So how was how was your first sort of musical experiences, uh, you know, that you remember thinking back?
1: To be honest with you, man, there's never been a time in my life when I didn't have music in my life. You know, from from like the earliest memories of just you know my father. My father had a huge jazz record collection. So I always was watching him either listening to the records or my mom listening to her gospel records and my brothers and sisters listening to their records. And then, you know, um, I would always, like, sneak into my brother's room and, like, listen to his records, and he would kick my butt (laughs) for doing so because I never would put the records back correctly or my fingerprints were all over them. You know, I'm a little kid. I don't know these things, you know? Um, So, you know, it started with that, and then I kind of matured into my own... You know, once I started getting my own allowance money and going to stores and and buying records that I saw in my family's collection, you know, just like photographic memory. Oh, I remember that record was kind of good. You know, I think I should buy it, not knowing anything about conditioning or whatever, you know, so bought stuff like that. And then when hip hop came along, it really kind of matured my um, my uh, listening ear you know um, and I started looking at other genres besides just you know jazz and soul and the funk and stuff like that you know thinking about rock and you know other genres of music from around the world you know so like yeah I have to thank hip-hop there's a lot of people in the world that have to thank hip-hop not because of it but just also because of the knowledge that was imparted to me because of that you know so that's pretty much where my beginning stages of music started by the time I had moved to New York in 95 and 94 in July of 94 is when my former boss opened up the first record store Fat Beats and then in 96 he um, decided to do a distribution company because all of those records like J Live and Mostef and you know even before Mostef started making his own solo records um, most of those records are going overseas either to here in Europe or to Japan And um, he decided, and a lot of them didn't really have a home for them to have a place to distribute the record. So um, he decided to be that home. And then, you know, then I was hired at the end of 96 because they wanted to, like, spread these records in America. You know, the American artists are not really selling in America. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So that's when I started.
3: You know, it must have been something like being in New York in that time you know sort of sample based hip-hop is you know taking over the world right what was it like being there in the epicenter
1: I mean it was crazy because um you know only because of the whole sampling thing you know you go I mean I was already a record collector before I got there so you're going to all like the New York the New Yorker which is a big hotel there or was a big hotel there they'd have record shows there the Roosevelt um the Mark ballroom, all these different places that you would go. And I remember the first time I went, even before I moved to uh, New York, I went with a bunch of friends, um, and particularly one of my friends named, we called him Boston Bob, right? Because he, he that guy, honestly, a lot of hip hop producers owe him a okay. dual credit because he sold all of the great breaks and samples to a lot of them. And I would help him sometimes sell records, you know, and he would give me certain things. I remember the first time I went by myself and I'm digging through records and I'm sitting next, standing next to like Diamond D and Pete Rock and you could run into a Mos Def, you could run into a, um, a Craig G or whoever easily in New York because they were very accessible at that time. Back then you would see them all the time. They were like regular people amongst the regular people, you know what I mean? Like, so that was a great time to be in New York. Um, and I got in there early because, you know, I got a chance to meet Mostaf and Quali and all these people early on. And that's why we're still friends to this day because, you know, I worked with them early on. We, get, we became friends early on. You know what I mean? Like, I remember Moses' first ex-wife, Jeannie, you know, like we all used to hang out. You know what I mean? So. I mean, New
0: York is always the place to be, right? Uh,
4: you overdid it, home. <laughs> <You're funny. laughs> Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sing it.
5: yeah, it's been a long time coming, but the blood doesn't flow with the wind. to see, no cyber the day debate, anticipate this, change going come, you damn straight, non-stop Till my name, preceded by the great. I get the ram like, digital pop, and been around like the ice cream, truck on your block and hold it down with the squirt gun, keeping your sick, spitting around, tight wisdom making you think, if you around like sweetheart, you could reflect, don't put it down cause you need, uh, you can respect, I know what sound not quite like, what you expect stuck like underground, the ground, meaning yeah. not just after the check, if you yeah. predict this yeah. miss, you can hardly detect, control you up plus six, thing is staying correct, <laughs> The foul, No joke. If you sleep in neglect, the and suck a stick. let's poking out the back of your neck. Now bring it in. Don't play games a day, cause you see. On the sideline, your fans be on mine. Don't play games a day, cause you see. On the sideline, your fans be on mine. Don't play games a day, cause you see. On the sideline, your fans be on mine. Don't play games a day, what? Uh, what? Yeah, well, I heard night nice guys heard finish last finish But see, last, see this, this, this theory this doesn't quite explain the reason I'm no. 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 letting no. y'all rap racers Leave the gate ahead of time and time. still politely no. Wait no. before no. you act no. the finish line no. Some people find no. it so amazing no. how, no. how no. I put no. it no. on Together no. and bring no. it to no. life like Dr. Frankenstein. I hope you can handle
4: the truth see I'm Frank of mine. So it be seeming Like I'm acting like a second But see my lines are still
2: my bottom like a tank of time through obstacles like rocks like the are In finished I got some rules and
5: regulations To diminish crime. And if you follow Them you could become a friend of mine. Some Tunisia with the Olympics and remember mine. Then they forget that it's a tool I use to speak my mind. But then they even got the nerve to try to speak my rhymes. But they get ain't like they was painting I was serpentine. Now bring it in. Don't you see on the a long time going but you still got to bounce in your neck till your problems feel neglect it's incorrect if you still detect all of the stress from the folks that expect to divide your check see that's the shit that be making your thing as soon as your ship comes in you'll be ready to sink The mind state got some scared of leaving they block we'll be at it till we going out like they can get meanwhile now meanwhile some are swinging and they come out great find a sure to leaving get your rock till your hands ain't right right straight still uh-huh. bounce in the morning she won't even debate on the back uh-huh. next uh-huh. thing uh-huh. and she just can't uh-huh. wait. wait we can form a home alone. Now we feel irate, trying to front up on a style that's a create. get yeah, hear the same word, try someone to file a complaint. We'll the order of the line, that is something set straight. Now bring it in. I'm
6: thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just I'm
3: Formed uh, sort of an enduring partnership with Khan and um, you guys started, you know, dropping these mixtapes. They came out like in these double cassette and and, and CDs, right? Um, mm-hmm. Called on track, yeah. which is, you know, I gotta admit, that's probably where we first heard about you guys was was, was from there. Um, just tell us about that series a little bit and sort of what impact that had on the scene and, and on you personally.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because me and Khan, uh, you know, we're both from Boston. We're both from the same neighborhood, but we never knew each other until I never met him until I moved to New York. And I came back to Boston one time and I was visiting a mutual friend's record store and I was just in there talking to our mutual friend. And then we became friends from there. Um, you know, when I was at Fat Beats, you know, the king of digging, who was DJ Morrow, and we were distributing his mix cassettes. And, you know, I, they were really great. But I was like, man, why are you calling yourself the king of digging, man? You're missing this and this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> you know, I would never call, I would never be that presumptuous to call myself that. You know, that was just us. And so, you know, Con and I used to make tapes for ourselves all the time. And we were like, you know what, we should just do one. And we did. And, you know, um, and I pressed them myself. And the first three were single cassettes. The first one was something that I pressed myself. I had a single cassette deck and I would just press, you know, like record and press them myself, have a backpack, walk around the city with them in my backpack and try to sell them to different places. And you know, a lot of places were kind of like, what is this? It's 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 10 seconds of a song. Like, what is this shit? You know, this is at a time when like Ron G, Clue, and all these other big mixtape DJs were running the city, and nobody was really messing with this shit. And we almost stopped because I was like, man, I, I don't think this is really doing anything. And then I did one more, or we did one more, and we had a bunch of samples on there um, that I knew no one knew that were the hot records at the time, the hot, you know, Primo records or whatever. And the second one. You know, I remember playing the demo cassette of it in the Fat Beats office and the owner of Fat Beats came running out of his office. He was like, yo, what is that? I was like, that's the new on track. He was like, all right, what are you doing with that? I was like, what do you want me to do with it? He was like, all right, we're pressing it. So then from now on, they pressed the the, the cassettes and, um, and then later on the CDs, you know, but it, it was a big impact on us, you know, because it, it, it really didn't hit us at least me, until years later. Like now, I still meet people and they're like, man, those are track tapes. I'm like, really? Because, you know, it didn't seem like it when we were doing it, you know what I mean? Like, people just seem kind of like, even when we were successful with the other ones later on, people still kind of like, why is that a problem? I mean, why is that like an issue? Why why are people so like, ah, you
3: know, you know what I mean? And. When, when you got, when you guys made those mixtapes you know you you when you listen to them they're woven together so so incredibly well you know you' you're, 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 you're you have these interludes not interludes but these I guess fades right into the next track that are like I mean it, it must have been hundreds of samples that you got yeah. you packed into there right I mean yeah. it's just uh, technically how did you do that
1: uh man I wish I could remember I mean it was like more of it was just, I mean, that's how you used to do those tapes. We weren't the first ones to do those tapes. I mean, I, had, I used to live, when I first moved to New York, I had roommates, and one of my roommates, this guy named um, DJ Shane from the Vinyl Reanimators, he had uh, one of those type of tapes from 1994 called Traveling Through Sample Land. So, you know, I had already been familiar. Both he and he and I knew Khan. Well, you know, Khan and I knew him, and that was a big... Um, influence on us as well you know his 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 tape and that's how he did it um and that's how we but we just did it slightly different as we did it in the sections like this is a primo section this is a Pete rock section these like our favorite samples of that producer and that's how we did it and then later on we matured into like not only just doing that but then we started displaying samples that no one knew You know, that like we were like, oh, you know, I'm sure no one knows this. And like, you know, and so I've heard over the years a lot of producers, famous producers, started sampling off of our cassettes because it was just like easy for them to do it. They didn't have to go out and dig
5: like we did.
6: (laughs) So. jour où on est fin, à battre Lidi Puis mettre
4: à l'alâne,
6: dit Gaila En vendredi, ne se trouve pas à titre Parfait, l'évioué Lidi te fait manger, l'éneur est de chez-là Puis goûte de vie, c'est la hivouan l'eau d'un bagaila I swear on Madame Atimi. Cote Costa. Allan Feiton
7: Louverside. The
0: Pierre Saint Villard. The Pilidy. Midi café caspeo mi te caspeo Mi te calala
6: oticala
1: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Amir, and you're
0: listening to Head in the Clouds on Radio Aura. So, uh, I mean, you you and Con were, were always uh, ahead of the curve, as you were just saying. Like, uh, you know, But
1: we weren't doing it intentionally. We were just trying to, like, we were just being competitive. You know what I mean? That's how com- competition breeds, yeah. you know, quality. Excellence. You
0: know? And so you were you were digging and digging uh, african stuff and uh, nigerian uh, boogie brazilian everything so when did you move from diggers and into djing well khan was always a dj
1: you know he he was um, a hip-hop producer beforehand before i even met him he was producing beats and he was djing and stuff like that i didn't start djing until like you know, probably like 2000 or something like that. You know, um, because I was always a record collector and a selector. But then I, once we started like really getting like buzz and everything else, I was like, well, and especially when we did our first tour in Europe in 2003 or four, I was like, okay, it's time you need to start learning how to DJ. So, you know, that's kind of like um, my journey to that. And you know, like I said, he was already a DJ so and a producer, so he had a head start on me.
3: So apart from, from the on-track and then later the off-track stuff, you guys did a lot of other mixtapes um, that, you know, sort of filtered filtered through, right? Um, there was that um, one called Uncle Junior's Friday Fish Fry. There was one called Trans Europe Express, which is not Kraftwerk covers. It's like, it's like Unknown Euro Breaks, I think, you know, stuff that people hadn't heard. And then that that double that double C D at least that's how we saw it in Europe with, with DJ Muro that called oh, Kings of Digging. Called Kings of Digging, right? right? Which is, you know, um, great stuff, so we're gonna play a couple of tracks from from, from there as well. Okay.
0: Selecting and DJing, uh, you know the industry, right? The industry side of the business. Uh, you've been working with the Raptor and K7 label, right? Yeah, years ago, yeah. And uh, yeah, so many good releases from there, the Roy Ayers mm-hmm. uh, stuff. What are you very proud of, uh, you know, having signing uh, to for the label? For
1: instance, I remember. You know, a lot of people don't remember this, but the label who put out a lot of great hip-hop records. You know, we were, Fappies, we were the exclusive final distributor for the world. And then, you know, we weren't. (laughs) So when we lost that huge amount of income, I had to find somebody or another label competitive. And I flew to L.A. and I signed Stone's Throw to to Fappies. And we had them for, I think, almost like 20 years. (laughs) So that that's a very big you know um, you know a, achievement for me. It's, I'm proud of that moment. Um, I did like three records with Dilla. I did the um, the Fat Cat record, Dedication to Suckers. You know, um, I did uh, the t- first two Frank and Dank 12 inches. Love is the thing of past, and I can't remember the other 12 inch. I did another one with him. His uh, I think it's his cousin QD. You know, um so it was I'm very I was very proud to work with um with Diller when we as we used to call him back then, JD. Um I work with Common. <laughs> I mean there's a lot of different people that I work with at Fat Beats, you know, from Common to High Tech, you know, um, you know, uh, Pete Rock, you know, um Lower Finesse, you know, like all the people that like are boom bap, you know, like all Stars or, you know, stuff like that, you know, I work with a lot of those people and they're still friends of mine to this day, you know what I mean? Like, I can call Lord Finesse and be like, yo, I'm in town, blah, 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 you know, let's hang out. We've gone digging, me and Pete Rock have gone digging, I've been to both of their houses several times, you know, so those are the things that I'm very proud of, um, and this new record, you know, with the with the the the, the collective from Jazzanova. All
3: right, We'll we'll get to that in a sec because um, it's a great it's a great one. Just quickly, you know, while you were doing work with labels, you also worked uh, for Wax Poetics Records, mm-hmm. right? For for a while, and was that the time when? Because you know, I was a subscriber, and we used to get these absolutely killer 45s. Mm-hmm. Were you were you involved in that? Um, so there was uh, there was a few that I mean, I still spin them today, right? But it was just you'd look forward to the magazine, but you know, there'd be a 45 with it, and it was just it was just great
1: well I started the. Well, I, I ran the Wax Politics Records so I was definitely involved in all of that you know like all of the releases I made them I, you know I, I you know, curated them from the beginning to the end so you know even with all of the um, the 45s and everything else so I was involved in all
3: of that there's there's two records I think in particular that those were those were out pieces the East of Underground record yeah. which is which is just an amazing record and the other one is you know the Lyman Woodward organization oh, yeah. which yeah. we'll talk about in a sec because that's also you know the Saturday Night Special one yeah yeah which yeah. is just which is just great um, so we'll you know we'll play a couple of tracks from there
0: so we we we're here at the Jazz Festival in Liege where you're touring uh, your st- new Strada record live project mm-hmm. with the Jazz and our crew. Is also in our hearts. Can you tell us about the partnership, how it came about, uh, and uh, how you're recording this, this this album, "The Sound of Detroit Reimagined" by Jazzanova? Um, so, the Jazzanova Collective. I've known
1: Jürgen von, von Nablack, I think that's how you pronounce it, <coughs> and Alex Bark for almost twenty years. Um, I've known those guys, but the other guys, like especially the live band, I didn't meet them until pretty much almost the beginning of the pandemic. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, I had this idea to do in a reimagined LP with not only them or someone like them, um, because I felt like when I first secured the thank you when I first secured the rights to. Um, to, to the Strata catalog, I was like, okay, I need to reissue, obviously, the records. They also have records or recordings that never came out, so those are going to be priority. And then remixes from the stems, right? And I was also like, I need a group to reimagine this music. I mean, I had this literally 10 years ago, this idea, and Jazzanova was one of the groups. I reached out to a bunch of American groups, but it didn't really happen, and it wasn't until I moved to Berlin in 2018... That I first approached them, but that was when they f- released their first, uh, their last album, Pool. So th- it didn't really have good timing. But during the pandemic, I was like, none of us are doing anything. So this is perfect timing. And I, I approached the guys and I was like, look, Stefan Leiserie, I would love if you guys could pick five of your favorite tracks from the Strata Catalog. And I'll pick my five. And we put those together and we do this record strata records you know um the sound of detroit reimagined by Jazzanova, and i came up with the title title because i was like first of all strata records their moniker was called they called themselves the sound of detroit so i felt like we should add that in there and instead of saying reinterpreting i was like we, we need to reimagine these tracks and so that's how it happened the recording process basically because we received this award money from um, Initiative Music, we had to record the record in a month. Okay. Wow. Which is <clears throat> pretty, you know, yeah. not that easy to do. And we did to it last. and record. Yeah. I mean, and also these guys, because the owner of Strata did not have the sheet music, they had to make the sheet music from scratch. Wow. So, you know, this was not an easy record to make, but obviously I believe it came out well.
3: No, absolutely and um, you know the whole story of how Strata Records was formed right this is Kenny Cox yeah. you know a piano player right but this was a, a black owned label yep. in in 1970s Detroit right so there's and and the stuff that's on there is just you know it's it's incredible. You got you know Ron English and Larry Nozero and all and all those guys. Yeah. But how you know how did you how did how did you get the tapes? How did you find you know how did you find? Well, that stuff? through
1: my time as the um, as the the label manager of Wax Poetics, when I did the Lyman record, um, a friend of mine, House Shoes, um, you know most people know who House Shoes is from Detroit. I asked him one day. I was like, hey man do you know how to get a hold of Lyman? Is he still alive? He was like, oh, yeah, man. I know his son. So I was like, all right, cool. Can he? And so he put me in contact with Lyman's son, and I was able to, like, secure the rights to that um, to that master. Um, and then I asked Lyman later on. I was like, hey, man, um, what about Strata Records? Because I was like, well, you know, I might as well just try to get the whole, you know. He put me in contact with Kenny Cox. I spoke to Kenny one time on the phone before he passed, and um, he was kind of like, mm. And then I brought it up again once... Um, there's a car... Well, there was a, there was a company called Scion, which was owned by T- Toyota, and they were doing a lot of events in America, and they had started this thing called the Scion IQ Museum, which was like a museum based on lost youth culture from the past, and they asked me to submit something, so I submitted something on Strata, and they said yes, so they got together a film crew and got me and the film crew to come to Detroit And, you know, at this time, Barbara Cox the Widow, Ron English, John and Lenny Sinclair were willing to be on on camera. So when I went to Barbara's house, she had all these masters in the living room. And um, I said, man, this is your chance to ask her. So I asked her, I was like, would you ever consider doing a license deal for this catalog? And she said, yes. And, you know, and that's how I started. This is in 2012, early 2012, and then, you know, into a deal, and we're still
3: doing it. And um, so, you know, John John Sinclair is is he's a poet, but he's better known as being the you know leader of the White Panthers, right?
1: Yeah, that, and also he was the manager of um, uh, of uh, uh, MC Five, and he worked a little bit with the Stooges as well. And he was good friends with um, John and John Lennon and Yoko Ono. So
3: yeah. And and his um, his wife is a is a photographer. She's right? a famous photographer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, they both. She's originally from Germany. I think she's from a, uh, which is now called Kaliningrad, but mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called back. You know, when it was part of Germany, um, but she escaped there in '56 and came straight to Detroit. And I think she was the minister of information in the White Panther Party, <laughs>
3: which is crazy. <laughs> so the, the connection of 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 um, you know john lennon and yoko ono with strata records I, I, I read something about there being some you know i think even funding of some instruments that were used for recording some wasn't of the was it
1: funded it was like it was donated they donated to the mellotron that's played on pretty much every strata records the mobile studio which a lot of the records were recorded in that was you know donated to them the um the Hammond b3 that um Lyman plays that was donated from John and, you know, Yoko. So there was definitely, you know, um, a big connection between that, you know, between them. So, um, and this is part of the history, which I'm trying to get out. Like, I'm actually trying to do a Strata film documentary, but that has been a lot harder than putting together this Jazz over record.
4: Yeah.
8: Rolling right along
1: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Amir and you're listening to Head in the Clouds on Radio
0: Aura. What are the projects that you're looking forward to after? And uh, what can we expect uh, more from Strata Records?
1: Well, I mean, there's not too much more of any of the masters. I mean, they didn't have too many other unreleased masters, but we're definitely going to do another Jazzanova Strata record. You know, we we, we talked about it on the ride over here again, like what we would do. Um, There are some... Uh, live recordings like the Charles Mingus recording that I put out a few years ago there's a Herbie Hancock one he he came the week afterwards I'm just trying to locate those masters because when they broke up a lot of those masters disappeared here and there so if I can find those those would be great to put out Um, and then the Strata film documentary you know or maybe even like uh, getting together with Lenny and doing a Strata film Strata like photo coffee book coffee table book.
3: yeah the uh, the the Mingus set is incredible I mean it's really it's really and if and if you know if it, if it's Herbie Hancock if, if those tapes turn up that's like Mondishi era you know Herbie yeah, Hancock is, which is you know yeah. Yeah. I mean you can find
1: those that recording it's a shitty recording of it because somebody probably taped it off the radio because they used to broadcast live from Strata it's on YouTube and you can hear it you can, i mean—it's not the greatest quality, but you can tell it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, they—they they did one with Ornette Coleman, mm. Chick Corea, Weather Report, Elvin Jones, Keith Jarrett, um, and I know I'm forgetting someone, but you know, there was a bunch of people they did recordings with at this small, really small, maybe a hundred people capacity venue. Crazy. Yeah.
3: Jazzanova covering the Lyman Woodard organization track, Saturday Night Special. And after that, their cover of Sam Sanders and Face at My Window with the vocals of Sean Heffely. Great stuff. Super live show. If you can catch it, do go and see them. Jazzanova performing Strata Records, The Sound of Detroit. You can also find these tracks on the double album, Strata Records, out now on BPE Records. We're coming near to the end of the show, so let's keep going with uh, a track by Kenny Cox and uh, this one's Lost My Valve and the DJ Amir and Decay Jazz Reimagined Mix.
0: This was episode 11 of the Head in the Clouds with Giuseppe and Mike on Radio ARA 105.2, 102.9 and 87.8 FM from the Liege Jazz Festival with one and only DJ Amir. Listen back to our show with podcast at ARA.lu under the Head in the Clouds page. There you can also find the track list of today's show. You can also head to the SoundCloud page of Edition Deluxe, Editions Deluxe, and there you find all our shows. Most of the track will be available on Spotify under our playlist, again, Edition Deluxe. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and you'll be updated about our next moves. Next show will be August 16th at 8 p.m. as usual. Until then, Keep your feet on the ground and your head in the clouds. Goodbye.
5: your
2: mouth. Thing.